Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 17th episode of Animalators, curious conversations from the world of animation. I am recording today from beautiful Barcelona, where I am attending Off Fest 2016. It's been incredible so far, and if you're here, I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out on Twitter. You guys listening means a lot to us, so don't hesitate. I'd love to say hello. Well, today on the show, we have Phil Borst, an animator based in Normal, Illinois. Over his career, Phil has developed an incredible portfolio and style. I was first introduced to Phil's work through a beautiful piece called Mork that garnered a Vimeo staff pick and attention throughout the web, and I've been hooked ever since. Phil does client work as well as work for the global church, creating beautiful short films and bumpers that can be purchased on websites like Worship House Media and DanStevers.com. Phil currently works now full-time at a nonprofit organization called Spread Truth. To find out more about what he's been up to there, head over to viewthestory.com to watch the breathtaking short film he's been working on. I'm excited to get into all this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, Phil Borst, welcome to Animalators. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's such an honor. Yeah, I, I'm so thrilled to to meet you and and to well at least meet you via Ringer, this <laughs> app that we use. But um, man, I I've been following your work since probably you did a video called Mork. Mm-hmm. I think it was four years ago, and that one just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, and been been following your work ever since, and and, and especially lately, man, the the stuff you've been putting out is just kind of been been blowing my mind so I, i'm very very pumped to to kind of talk to you and, and hear a little bit about your story well thanks um, so much it means a lot yeah um so let's get started right at the beginning how how did you kind of get into this world of animation when when did that interest kind of first start um well it took me a while to get into the animation side of things um even in high school, I had started out making silly videos and um, went to school to be a video editor. What I thought, you know, I wanted—I was really into film at the time, so I wanted to be a, okay. a film editor. So I went to like a video production school, which is probably not the best school to go to for that. But <laughs> I really did not know, you know, what I was doing. Um, graduated and really had a tough time finding a job, actually. And... Um, mm. Ended up working at my dad's restaurant again, which I had worked at <laughs> nice. my, my whole life before. So trying to figure things out, um, starting doing a wedding video, um, oh, wow. which was which was a lot of fun, but it was very stressful. Um, yeah. Did you, I don't know, what did you maybe learn anything in particular from that? Because man, I've, I have shot a couple wedding videos and I hope, I, well, I will never do it again. It's, it's like the most stressful and like, but, but it also is kind of amazing. Cause like you, you have this story to tell and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, it was the first time I had, was really working with deadlines, mm. um, mm-hmm. to that degree. And, um, so even really tight deadlines where we would, Let's say we do film the wedding ceremony, then we would edit it and we'd show it at the reception right before their first dance. So, oh, you, wow. you know, that's that's a real quick timeline. I had to turn around. I'd bring my laptop yeah. and do things like that. So it got me to, um, you know, work quickly, work efficiently. Um, it taught me things like that. Um, I had started doing a little After Effects at the time, just doing slideshows, <laughs> you know, but it yeah. really wasn't really wasn't that intensive or at all. Um, I mean, it was just slideshows. But from there, I did that for a couple of years and just, you know, felt like, you know, maybe I didn't want to be doing that forever. And I applied to be a camera operator at my local TV station. Okay. And yeah. I went in there with a little bit of a reel and it was like a bunch of wedding videos. <laughs> but <laughs> And um, I had, had done a little logo animation on there I think I just pulled the logo from like iStock and animated it. And they yeah. saw that and they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Do you know how to do After Effects? And I was just like, yeah. You know, and they said, okay, we have an open graphic designer position. Wow. Um, and hired me in for, into that role. And that was my first time getting into like Photoshop and all that stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And um, they had, you know, they had a copy of Cinema 4D there and some of the production guys were using it. So 
it was it was a fun time at the TV station. There was a lot of downtime, <laughs> um, especially if it wasn't a heavy news day. And it's I, I live in a small town, so the news wasn't that crazy anyway. Um, so I got I had a lot of time to learn, which was really cool. And you know, I would spend my you know at night learning too. And um, I those around the time I probably discovered motionographer and different people on Vimeo that was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And I was like, oh, what is this motion design stuff? And, you know, oh, wow, they use After Effects for all that stuff. I know After Effects. Um, yeah. Maybe I can, you know, I can't draw or anything, but I, maybe I could animate shapes or tell a story. And Who were some of your influences back then when oh, you were first getting started? Um, I remember, let's see, well, MK12, of course, and um, yeah. Impactist was a, mm-hmm. was a huge one. I probably ripped off a lot of their work but (laughs) (laughs) um even yeah i'm sorry to remember but no no those are great i'm sure everyone's still around today and oh um, man yeah it was that was one that i remember really clearly just being a huge inspiration to me and just being like wow that is just so cool yeah and it was it was really intriguing because i didn't have to get a camera and get my brother to be in the videos and i could do it all (laughs) you know for my computer and um, so it was a whole new world, a whole new discovery, and it was just a, you know, it was a whole lot of fun. And when I look back, man, that was probably the most fun time I had, just mm. r- really just discovering everything. And um, from the TV station, I got better, you know, at, at a little animation and um, video editing. End up working at an ad agency, you know, at the, in their creative team as like a video editor oh, cool. slash animator. So that yeah. was my first time doing like corporate client work. Um, were you still kind of pursuing editing at this time? Were you still thinking maybe that that would be yeah, your career? Exactly. And really up into, you know, about a year and a half ago, I've been doing editing as a oh, full-time wow. job. So I yeah. would say at the ad agency, I was working probably 80% editing and then 20% animation. Maybe, you know, it, it depends on the project. Sure. You know, but just continuing getting better and then, you know, just thinking like, oh, well, I think maybe I should put the video editing on, you know, on the back burner for now and I really need to focus on animation because that's what I was doing at night you know I was taking on freelance projects and doing little personal projects you know I'm sure you know more that you mentioned was around that time you know Mm -hmm. just I just would do do those at night you know that was you know that was the thing that brought me the most joy was the animation side of things and um uh yeah from from there uh a year and a half ago I've been working at a, a local ministry here in town um, called Spread Truth, and uh, just doing full-time animation, still a little bit of video editing, but mainly animation and design. Um, Very cool. So it's, yeah. it's, it's been great. Yeah, so, so I'm curious, as you transitioned maybe from, you know, you went to school to be an editor, how did you learn to animate? Because, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine, you know, you, you're, you're doing this all kind of in your, in your off time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What, what were some of the ways that you found most helpful kind of in your, your learning stage and, and especially during that transition from just focusing full time on editing and then, and then slowly, you know, working over towards becoming an animator. Right. So I learned, um, I learned After Effects from Video Copilot and I learned Cinema 4D from, (laughs) yeah, I learned Cinema 4D from Grayscale Grayscale Gorilla, of course. And um, so that's how I learned the programs, Um, the animation side. I would watch a lot of, uh, you know, videos on Vimeo and try to figure out why did they do certain things? Why is, you know, um, try to mimic some of those techniques and, um, you know, read a lot of books and um, just, just practice, I think, spending time. Um, it's, you know, at, at first it took me forever. I would spend hours and hours just on the second of animation, you know, and <laughs> yeah. at, at time you start, you know, over time, you, obviously you start getting faster and you're able to become more efficient. What were some of the things that you, you struggled with the most kind of learning to become, become a motion designer? Because I know that, I don't know, there's so many different fields that, that kind of go into animation, right? You've got design and illustration and animation. You've got timing with editing. There's audio, color. There's all that kind of stuff. What, what were some of the things that you struggled with most at the beginning? I, th- I think some of the things I struggled with early was just trying to find what I, what I was into and what, what style or what that I was best at. And I was trying to different things. And, you know, there's a lot of failing at that, you know, different, yeah. different things. And, but... 
yeah, it was, it was not so much as a struggle, but just exploring different options was, you know, took me a while to figure out, okay, this is, this is what I'm good at, or this is what I'm not good at. I better not try that again. Um, things like that. Yeah. I feel like, especially over the last year, like just looking at your Vimeo page, I feel like you've, you've kind of really stumbled onto the Phil Borst style, if you will. Like it, like it's, it's, it's very broad. Like it has a lot of, I don't know, it has a lot of depth to it, but it, but also is like a, I think a very, um, interesting voice and, and an interesting kind of perspective. Is that, is that something that you're, I don't know, you're conscious of, like, are you kind of pursuing, like, you know, figuring out your own style? I don't know. Could you maybe speak to that a bit, like kind of developing your own style? Yeah, that's always intrigued me to, and I didn't even know I necessarily had that, but it's, it's cool to, to hear that. Yeah. Um, but that's cause that's something I've always been intrigued by. Cause I was, I look at other artists and like, Oh, that's so cool. I wish I had my own style, hmm. you know, and, and it's something that I could do over and over again. And, yeah. um, so yeah, um, some of the things I really care about is, you know, smooth animation and, um, really bringing a lot of emotion to each scene. And, um, lately I've been trying to become a better illustrator and, um, because just you're able to tell more stories and you know different take on different projects, so there you know there are a few things that you know I I really put my time into in each project. So yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah, no. So so take us through a little bit of a, a breakdown um, in in how you do spend your time on projects. What kind of is your process, especially in pre-production? Because I think that that is, um, you know, obviously one one of the most important steps when when it is, um, you know, working with a client uh, to figure out uh, what's best for them. Uh, where do you start in that process? Yeah, pre-production is very important, and actually, it's something that I had not spent a lot of time. And hopefully, you know, over the years, I've been like, oh well, this is really important because it's going to save me a lot of time in the mm-hmm. end. Um, just being clear with the client on this is how it's going to look. Here's here are a few frames of what it's going to look like, you know, being very specific on what the animation is going to look like, um, you know, a detailed storyboard with music um, and a little oh, bit nice. of sound effects. Um, so I'll put together, you know, an animated storyboard and, you know. Um, very cool. Is it basically just like a slideshow? Do you do like full designs for that? No, just, yeah, just sketches with cool. uh, music and um, sound effects and whether or not the, you know, the final music or, you know, the sound effects are real rough anyway. Um, that way, you know, you get a better understanding and that really gets, you get to try out things that you're like, oh, wow, that's, that would never work cutting from this scene to this Mm, scene. Um, so I'm glad I figured that out now then, you know, when I'm, you know, deep into production. Yeah. Um, and from there, yeah, I've actually started, I used to like just animate design at the same time and just go through it in a very linear way. But now I've move more towards, you know, designing the whole, whole thing first and then going back and animating it. Um, because I found that's seems the way other, you know, working with other artists, that's the way they do things. And, yeah. you know, either you're working with a designer and then you're they're handing off the designs to you. So design has always been uh, the hardest part for me. And it's the part I, I don't really like doing. I like getting that out of the way so I can bring it to life with animation. So it's, Maybe it's something that will always be that thing I struggle with. No, I mean, but your design comes across so strong, though. Like, like, and and especially like, I mean, you you just got some. You've got a killer eye for for framing and, and composition. Um, but I know, you, I mean, you say that that's the thing that you struggle with the most. Um, I don't know what what do you do when you're kind of like struggling on the design side of things. What do you do when you kind of hit that creative challenge? I start over a lot. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I scrap things a lot. If it's if it's not working, I'll just start from square one. A lot, pretty much every time. Oh wow! Um, just because I don't know, that's easier for me. Um, even if it means I design a frame, but it's not exactly the way I want it, I'll just redesign it all from scratch again that way. And then you just learn. You know, it just it seems like it gets better each time. Um, so yeah, that that definitely takes a lot of time and, you know, a lot of late nights, sure. you know, yeah. Um, you know, I look for, you know, inspiration, you know, if, if I've just got nothing, you know, I need to, you know, look at, look at uh, Vimeo or something to kind of trigger something. If I, if I'm just, if I'm just struggling with, I got nothing to even put down on paper. Mm, yeah. Um, 
Do you so, have, is it, so Vimeo is your kind of go-to inspiration spot? Do you do you have like any, I don't know, specific channels or people that, that you have kind of a go-to when you get stuck in a rut? Yeah, I mean, Vimeo is definitely, I spend a lot of time on Vimeo. Um, that's pretty much it. And, uh, you know, Wine After Coffee is a, is a great channel. I check yeah. out pretty much every day. Motionographer's channel I check every day and everything animated. And, you know, I'm just always just a huge fan of everyone's work and you know it's i just i, I almost have more joy of <laughs> viewing other people's work and <laughs> than creating it because it's just oh wow that's that's so cool the way they thought of that yeah you know and it, it's it's at the same time it's motivation um so that's i mean that's a really important part i don't think i spent as much time on vimeo as i used to when i first were started out like i would spend like just all day <laughs> yeah. on it just looking and just you know digesting everything but it was i still do and it's obviously i always i have my favorite artists out there and every time a new video pops up on vimeo like everything just goes in the shutdown mode and i have to watch it <laughs> yeah. you know a, f- a few times and comment on it and like it you know it's, it's stuff like that so it's it's very important and it's 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 so much fun. Yeah, it's such a great. I mean, there's there's so much good work every single day. I feel like I, I'm, oh, it's, it's incredible. It's, you know, there's never a day where you're just like I have nothing to watch. Even I got the Vimeo app on my TV, so <laughs> like we have cable, but I mainly just watch. You know, I'll just watch Vimeo videos over and over again. Just, <laughs> How does the family so, feel about that? Are they into it? Well, they're they're sleeping. So oh, okay, just, nice, nice. Yeah, no, they, they definitely. What is what is this? Turn on something else so but yeah <laughs> that's awesome but, yeah do you do you usually work late into the night i do yeah yeah i'm definitely a night owl there's something peaceful about it and hmm. obviously i have a full-time job during the day but yeah. you know at night you know either working on freelance or personal projects um you know knowing that you're not going to get an email at midnight is kind of nice and you're yeah to, definitely you know everyone else is sleeping it's it's a, i really do get like I feel like I get a little bit of a creative burst, hmm. like right at midnight. And sometimes that can be bad because that means I'm up for another couple hours. But <laughs> yeah, no, um, I hear you. But it, yeah, that's that's a fun time. Yeah. So how do, I'm curious, how do you balance that? Um, you know, full time job and then and then doing um, uh, you know a bunch of incredible freelance work and and also have a family. Like, um, mm-hmm. can you maybe talk a little bit about maybe the importance of of kind of that work life balance, but also like. Um, working hard. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a huge part of, of becoming a great animator. Right. Um, you know, there, there's definitely a balance and I feel like no matter what you do, something's going to suffer. Sure. <laughs> what you don't want to do is 10 years down the road saying, I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time on <laughs> working on those silly videos, yeah, you know? Definitely. Um, but it's always, it's always a, a balance and I don't think there's a perfect solution because, you know, I have a full-time job, so that's, I treat that like everyone else, you know, you know, eight to five, come home, dinner, and then usually I start work up again around nine, eight or nine. Okay, yeah. Um, depending on when everyone kind of settles down for the night. Um, that's not every night. Some nights I'll take, you know, I'll take a night off or something. And then weekends, um, Saturdays are usually a work day for me, pretty much every Saturday. And then um, Sundays, you know, sometimes I work and sometimes, you know, it just depends. So so it seems like you, you've kind of got this, I mean, I, f- I hear some people on the internet kind of refer to it as like this second shift, if you will, um, you know, where, where you're kind of, you know, you, you do your, your nine to five thing and then you, you come home and, and then you, you relax for a while and then you start up your second shift and... A lot of people use that to maybe learn new skills or things like that. But it, but it seems like, man, you're you're like, you're crushing it. Like you're 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 doing great work in in, in what seems like a, a fairly limited amount of time. Do you say that you like set aside any time for for learning new skills and trying to learn maybe some some new techniques, or is that just kind of all come just while you're working on projects? Yeah, I, um, not as much as I used to, but. It's fun to every time you take on a project to uh, kind of pick one thing you want to learn during this project. Yeah. Because um, if you if you're saying I'm going to learn I'm just going to do something completely different and it's a client project that's going to be pretty stressful. <laughs> yeah. If you're trying to learn something while at the same time trying to meet a deadline, but you know if it's saying oh I want to use this plugin or whatever I want to use this technique you know I I want to fit it into this project. What what better way to learn 
you yeah. know, then you're working, you're making money on a freelance project and you're also learning at the same time. Um, but late, you know, also lately I've been trying to step back and just say, okay, now I got a lot, you know, in my head, I kind of want to just use what I know hmm. on a project and not be so concerned with learning this, the next big thing, you know, because sometimes, sometimes it's fun to just, I've used this technique before, but how can I change it or how can I make hmm. it different for this next project? Um, and sometimes it's completely different, yeah. which is kind of cool. Like I use the same technique, but it's turned out completely different. I didn't know I could do that, you know, but you know, there's certain things that I want to learn that, you know, eventually I will. <laughs> yeah. What are some um, of those things? Well, you know, I've never really done cell animations. So that's something that, you know, I've always wanted to, to spend time doing. Um, that's yeah. just, those are one of those things where you just don't want to try it out on a client project. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just, yeah. I'm just going to pick up cell animation today. You also got to be a pretty good, you know, artist with a, you know, oh, yeah, for you'd sure. be able to draw too. So, um, is there anything maybe recently, like what are some of those techniques that you have, have kind of learned and picked up recently? Um, recently I've been trying to get better at, um, composition and compose, you know, how a scene works and mm. arranging elements in a scene in a certain way, something I hadn't really thought about before because yeah. I had always, I had always just, I'm just going to design something real quick and I'll just use animation to bring it to life Yeah. where now it's, I've been trying to, well, why don't I design it really well? And maybe animation just can just add an next, another level, not just completely, you know, help, you know, save the scene, but it, it starts out as a good design. You know, I've been watching a lot of film, reading a lot of books. So more of a cinematic style is something I've been interested in a little bit, you know, as of late. Yeah, no, it definitely comes through. Um, what, I'm curious, what books have you been reading? Um, Framed Ink was a really good one. Um, framed you said yeah i think it's called framed ink oh, okay. i could be wrong on that but <laughs> i also read all the masters oh, yeah. yeah that's that was one that i was like wow this is so cool i didn't even know that's what went into designing these these scenes yeah that looks um, awesome i'm gonna pick that up yeah i was i get all the master shot books Oh, yeah. they, like go through different movies and dissect the scene and different camera angles. That's something I've really been interested in lately too, is the camera movement mm, yeah. and when to move the camera or when to not move the camera and what camera movements, you know, bring the most life to a scene. So I, I'm really into Pixar too. So I read a lot of the, I pretty much have like <laughs> all the art of books. Those are just so much fun to, to oh, read through. Oh Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, do have you read Creativity Inc. by any chance? Um, yeah, yeah. Just, nice. uh, I, I like just, just finished Ed, that. Ed Cutmore so. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yep. That mm -hmm. one was super good. Yeah, that was. Yeah, no, I mean that that especially just what you were just saying. I mean that that really comes through, especially in your more recent work, um, just with killer composition, and then just subtle animation and and subtle movement and I think it, it comes across really beautifully and, and really kind of I don't know almost understated I, I know that you're I'm trying to remember which one it's like the Legionnaire or oh the, the, yeah the Ligonier Ligonier that mm -hmm. like I, I remember watching that for the first time and it, and it kind of opens on this just gorgeous um, kind of downtown shot where the light is just kind of peeking through um, mm -hmm. man such, such fantastic quality of light I can't tell in, in that piece and a few of your other piece, like what's, what's 2d and, and, and what's 3d and oh right. man, it's just, it's just super cool. Could you tell us maybe about the, the process and these kind of more recent videos that you've done? Yeah. Thanks so much. Um, that, yeah, that was a project where it just, I wanted to focus more on the composition and the, the scene layout more than the animation. And it's, it's a bit of a mixture between, you know, after effects and cinema 4d. Yeah. You know, the character was done in After Effects, you know, and the backgrounds were mainly done in Cinema 4D and mixing those two together and, you know, adding in shadows and lighting. And so that was a lot of fun. I really enjoy just arranging those scenes. It's been a lot, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. To, to, to take us, you know, a step in that direction. Do you kind of, do you do renders like out of Cinema 4D or do you bring them in with something like uh, Element 3D or something like that or use Octane? We're getting into the kind of nitty gritty right now, but right. why not? I just, 
Yeah, I just use Cinema 4D, and I, I'm not really interested right now into doing anything too realistic. Yeah. Uh, which, which I know Octane would be would be great for. Um, maybe the right project will come along, but that's something that I've always been like, I don't want to kind of scared to get into that realm. Yeah. So I've been staying away from it. I've always enjoyed the kind of the flat look, um, you know, where I'm able to use After Effects in some instances to, you know, help with this, what my limitations are in Cinema 4D. Yeah. Um, so one of the struggles I... You know, having is how do you get a character to fit with the background and, mm, yeah. um, you know, you see some, you know, you don't want the character to look like it was not designed for that specific scene. So you kind of got to, if you're doing the character in After Effects, you kind of got to stay away from anything realistic in Cinema 4D and have that 2D look um, so that it all fits together seamlessly. You know, and then I'll overlay a bunch of light and... <laughs> bunch of mask layers I, I don't use too many plugins it's just just a bunch of adjustment layers and you know things to just really add more add more life to it so i i understand that you most of your projects are just you i mean for the most part i mean you, you're kind of a, a one-man show um living out in normal illinois um <laughs> could you maybe tell us a little bit about i don't know some of the maybe challenges and maybe pros or cons that that kind of come with yeah just kind of you're doing it doing it all from from start to finish right and that's that's not so much a choice as it kind of just happens yeah. the way most of, i feel like living in a small town and the places i've worked that's that's i've pretty much been the only there's not many motion designers around in normal illinois so it kind of always been you know secluded in that way yeah but um, so it's, it's a challenge. It really is because you're kind of working in this bubble and you, you're sh- struggling within yourself whether or not is it, there's no one else working on this. So I hope it's good because I don't have any <laughs> feet. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know otherwise. Yeah. Um, so lately I've been reaching out to different artists and showing them works in progress, which is something I've never done in the past. Yeah. But it's, it's been great to do because it gives you that reassurance that you're heading down the right track or you get that criticism that, Oh wow. I, I wouldn't have never thought of that, you hmm. know, myself. Yeah. Um, cause if you work in that bubble for, you know, your whole life, <laughs> you're, you're just going to go back to the same tricks over and over again. And yeah. you're going to end up, you know, that's not such a bad thing, but, um, Sometimes you just need different different minds to add in different aspects of it to, yeah, to really definitely. Bring, it, bring it to that next level. At what point in the process do you bring kind of those other people in? Very early on. And um, like when, you know, if I have a design I finished, I'll, I'll send that off to a few people and just, hey, what do you think of this? Um, do you think I'm heading in the right direction? Yeah. Um, and then if I have an idea, I'll talk through this site, you know, talk through ideas with different people. And it's, maybe it's not, you know, even my wife, I'll just say, Hey, I have this idea. You think this is a good idea? And that's, uh, that's probably the most honest feedback I'll ever get is from her, from her yeah. you know, cause she's no, that's, that's a horrible idea. But so, um, but yeah, that, that's gives me that reassurance cause self doubt really sits in when you've spent hours and hours on a project that you have only seen and then you're just like, Oh, I hope this is, I hope I, <laughs> I hope it's okay. I hope it's just not total failure. Yeah. But, well, no, it's um, tough too. Cause I think you, you start to get that tunnel vision too, as far exactly. as like you, you can only see certain details or maybe certain mistakes. Do you find that you're able to kind of step out of that in any way? <sighs> yeah. Um, I think just being open to, to change is, is really, hmm really helped you know that helps me think that maybe i don't have the best ideas <laughs> and maybe although i'm in love with this look or with this style that it's not something that is that appealing and you know you get other feedback you know you just i think you just got to be open to to criticism and you know be willing to change man um, yeah, that's that's easy to say, I think, but sometimes it, is, it can yeah. be so hard. It be, it be, you, I don't know. It's it's tough to not grow attached to the things that you make, and and you, you've kind of raised them, and then someone comes along and they're like, 
that's ugly and you're just like no it's not you're ugly well yeah. Then, yeah i think that's what some people who are not in the industry may not oh, the, whatever the industry but um may not know like oh wow you just make silly videos but no, it's like <laughs> I, re- I really care about this a lot you know and i really yeah. think about it a lot and it really means a lot to me um so it is you know hard to detach yourself from something that you think you love and you're like oh wow you're right it, that just doesn't look good or that's just not working but and then you just try to figure out well why doesn't that look good I thought that I put so much time into that why doesn't that why didn't that turn out as good as this video or why you know and you're just trying to always think through those things and I don't know if I'll ever get an answer but yeah um, just being open to that is is important so I put it out on on Twitter that I was um, talking to you today, um, and and we got a, a couple questions. One was from Mac Garrison. He he wanted to know maybe about a, a, a bad project that was maybe headed in a bad direction, um, but then you were able to kind of turn it around and I don't know turn it turn it into a success, turn it into a good project, um, and how you were kind of able to make that transition. Right. Um, <clears throat> so let me think, and I won't. This is a client project, so I won't say any names, but yeah. this this was last year, and I was working with a designer, and we came up with this really cool design. It was it was totally different from anything this client had done recently, and we were both really into it, and we even started doing the animation, and they just said, no, you know, we're, we're going to go back to what we've always done, and I guess I had thought, like, well, that's what you've always done. Why, why wouldn't you try something new? Um... And even they even sent, you know, last year's video saying, hey, this is exactly what we want. But it was kind of fun to take what they had already done and trying to add a little bit of, you know, something new to it. And it's fun to to surprise the client like that. <laughs> and, the, and, you know, and the, you know, not go completely different, but the, oh, wow, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. You even made this better than it was before, which is cool. And, you know, you, you just got to always think like they they know what works you know there's a reason i just started working with this company i don't i don't have the back history of what what works and what doesn't so maybe they know that what we thought was cool maybe you know the people who would see it wouldn't think that was cool and they you know they're you don't they're not ready for that change yet so you know just being open to to working together even if even if it's not an idea that you're a fan of Take that problem, solve it, you know, have fun with it. Try to make it something new. Try to make it something that you're able to work with and have fun with. Yeah, that, I think that, that can be especially challenging too because I think a lot of times, like, we we get that gut reaction towards an idea and then it's so hard to kind of break out of that initial gut reaction and, and, and see things from a new light. I don't know, do you, <laughs> do you find that challenging? Are you able to, to maybe, like, take that new, fresh perspective? Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure because in the back of your head you, you you're always thinking well if we would have just gone with my idea it would have been way much better you know and i <laughs> yeah. i hope you i hope you like this because it's totally yours you know it's not but um and that's not a correct way to think obviously yeah but yeah that that sometimes slips in and obviously you would never say that to, <laughs> to a client like should have gone with my idea but um <laughs> that, that that is it is tough to detach from that yeah you know, but hold on to that original idea. Maybe you can use it on another project. Or, yeah, definitely. You know, it's not don't. It's not completely lost. So, when you are working on your projects, what what to you makes the difference between you know maybe maybe a good project and a and a great project? Or is that is that not something that that you think about? Because um, I think that I don't know that last maybe ten percent or one percent even I think can be often the most challenging. So, what what is that difference between? maybe good and, and great mean to you? Well, yeah, I think it's just putting in, you know, me, it's, it'd be looking at a scene and saying, okay, this is what the minimum would be, but what if I animated this? What if I added a little bit of this to it and it bring, you know, it brings it to life even more, hmm. you know, and even just, like I said before, surprising the client with something new, like, oh, well, I didn't know you were going to animate that part of it. I didn't know you were going to go that way, you know, and spending a little extra time, staying late, you know, working over a weekend to, to just take it to that next level, 
not just doing you know the minimum amount of what the budget allowed yeah um it's really just looking at each scene or each you know composition saying what if i were to add this little bit to this it would just bring it so much more to life you know you know i'm gonna i'm gonna stay late and do that or i'm gonna put in the extra time just to take that to the next level kind of looking back um on your career if if you will are there some things that maybe you wish you had learned um or wish you had known when you when you're first starting out kind of first learning um to become an animator um i definitely wish i would have come to the realization that i wanted to be an animator a little bit quicker <laughs> um because when i had first started out i had i had no idea i was trying flash development because that was popular um i was like oh maybe i want to do visual effects because you know that's that's pretty cool and i just was all over the place and that you know that was fun and that's not such a bad thing but i kind of wish i would have you know figured out um and you know just learning to have patience you know um it's so easy to set deadlines for yourself saying when i turn 25 i'm going to be at this studio and i'm going to be this good and um, it almost never works out the way you had thought it when you're in your head. So just to learn to have patience and be open to whatever, you know, happens, whatever opens up. Um, yeah. I had never, I had never thought, you know, when I first started out that I would be doing full-time animation that would, yeah. I would have, you know, that sounded crazy to me. Um, but I'm glad I was open to it, you know, um, yeah, I, th- no. I thought I was going to be some big film editor working on movies, <laughs> you know? But I think I'm much happier where I'm at. Yeah, there's a couple things you said that I want to get to. So, what what do you mean by by have patience? Do you mean just like have patience with yourself, with your your skills, or maybe just like your career progression? Uh, both. And and I was talking more about the career progression. You know, me personally, I was like, I'm as soon as I graduate, I'm going to move out to California. You know, and I'm going <laughs> to do this and this. But it just it didn't work out that way. I was, you know, just doing different things. And I, I, there was times when I'm like, maybe I should just go back and work at my dad's restaurant and take it over after him, you know, <laughs> just maybe, the, maybe this isn't, you know, I'm not really feel like I'm doing anything or getting, getting any better or yeah. making any progress, but I'm glad, you know, just was patient and let it work out. Eventually it did. Um, but yeah, even, even learning too. learning is, is very hard for me learning new things and it the, the hardest thing is getting started you know I've, I've heard you know everyone says that but you know getting over that initial like i don't know anything about this i'm just yeah. gonna dive right into it that's that's very intimidating um but what i always find out is with enough patience you're like oh wow that was easier than i thought it was gonna be yeah you did a uh, interview for um, fromupnorth.com, um, and, and you said something in that that I thought was really interesting. You, uh, you said, if, if my goal is to become the best at something, I will fail every time. Mm-hmm. But what I can do is consistently give my best effort for each project. And I, and I really love that little um, nugget in there. I just, I just thought that was... Um, I don't know. I thought that was so interesting because I, I feel like a, a lot of times for me personally, like I just like, ah, I just want to be, I want to be the, you know, I want to be the best. Like I want to be the, you know, and, and, and I think that that can really, like you said, it, it sets you up to fail. And could you maybe speak right. a, a little more to that? Yeah. I mean, that's funny because you mentioned Mork and that, which is, that's exactly what that was about. It's about me. And the, the video kind of starts out with, this little, you know, ball or whatever, looking at all the things around him and saying, oh, wow, if I could just do that, if I could just do that. But sometimes you just got to do the best with what you, with what you know and what you, what you've got. And, you know, we, we all have a box we're we're in and you just kind of got to do the best with the skill set we have. And, um, you know, I think effort is trumps in everything else. Hmm. Um, and, and clients recognize that they, they know that when a hundred percent was put into a project, they, they reckon they can see that yeah. it's pretty obvious. Um, so, so, so I understand right now you are working at a local ministry called spread truth. Uh, could you tell mm-hmm. us maybe a, l- a little bit about that and, and kind of what your role is there? So spread truth, basically it's, it's a Christian ministry where what we do is we create tools 
to uh, help people share their faith and share what they believe in. Yeah, cool. Um, and the, you know, the tools we create, when I say tools, I mean like videos and mobile apps and booklets and things like that. And hopefully they're not, you know, embarrassing for someone to say, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is what I believe in. Oh, this is weird. But, um, you know, Spread Truth, is it's a small ministry. Our creative team is only four people. And we all do quite different things. We have a writer, app developer. You know, I do I do the animation video, and then we kind of have a creative director who oversees everything. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot of fun. You know, it's something that it's a place where I had worked on freelance in the past, and just had always been open with Spread Truth, saying, "Hey, if you ever have an opening, you know, I would love to come on board because it's something that I'm passionate about. You know, and if you work on something that you're passionate about, obviously that's that's going to be, a, you know. It's going to make that your life a lot better if you're yeah, working on definitely. things that actually you're interested in. Definitely. Do you get to work on something like the app side of things and, and maybe some things that are outside of animation? I do. And we, not so much hands-on, but, you know, I work with directly with an app developer where I am designing things that will go into the app and we're all we're always constantly talking things. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if we were to add this animation element to this app or, you know, vice versa? We're starting to get a little look into, and he's just an amazing developer. So it's when I mean we, it's mainly him. <laughs> you know, so he's, um, so yeah, we're starting. You know, what what we do interactive, you know, and, and things like that. Um, so it's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. To this is the first time I've been in that side of things, and it's it's a whole other world. But it's yeah. it's crazy to it's crazy yeah. how much they they do coincide. Um, and, and it's, you know, it doesn't seem so distant as it once, I once thought it was yeah. you know, that side of things. Do you ever see yourself maybe spending some of your, your evening time working on maybe like an app or something interactive? Oh yeah, but not so much as a development side. Yeah. Um, just because, and I, mean, I should never say, you know, never, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if that's exactly the the way my brain works. Sure. Um, but it is a lot of fun to, to see your work live outside of maybe just a Vimeo or a video player. Yeah, um, definitely. To see it, you know, be a little more interactive or whatever. So it, it, it really, it's really been a lot of fun to, to explore this side of things. I, I also understand that you, you work with um, Dan Stevers to do <laughs> some... Uh, work uh, specifically for the for the church, um, right. and and man, you you guys and 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 Dan as well just kind of produce I think some of the best stuff out there for the church. Could you tell me a little bit about yeah working with Dan and those projects in general for for maybe people who uh, are not familiar? Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, and Dan's been producing stuff for the church at a, such a high quality for such a long time, and I was always aware of what he was doing and I reached out to him or he reached out to me, I can't remember, and we just said, Hey, you you know, he was kind of a one man show at the time too. And I said, Hey, you interested in maybe, you know, let me take on a, a video and you can produce it and we work together on it and I think we've done three of them so far and you know, they're like they're short films. They're like four minutes long. So they're they're yeah. it's it takes quite a time quite, investment. It is. And we're working on one right now. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Um he, you know, it's full creative freedom, which is amazing. <laughs> you know, obviously, to, when you can work on a project like that, it's 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 you know, it's the most fun. And, um, yeah, I mean, for for anyone who hasn't seen them, they 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 go on on sale uh, for churches to purchase at uh, like Worship House Media, and then I think Dan Stevers has his own store, um, and they <laughs> kind of can use these videos, um, kind of in in their services. Um, for their congregations to see and, and kind of maybe explores like a theme or, or a topic. I mean, they're, they're almost like these little short films that you guys make um, that tell yeah. a little story or, or, or just kind of some visuals that explore on a theme. Yeah. Really, really cool. I mean, I mean really just very beautiful and, and, and they seem like they're, they're very, very well thought out. Yeah. I don't know. Could you tell me maybe a little bit more about that, that process? I mean, it seems like there's, it's one of those things where like the sky is the limit almost. There's, there's mm-hmm. just so many things to, to explore and, and talk about. Yeah. I just think that's really interesting. Yeah. And every project we've done so far, Dan has came up with the initial idea and he's, he's a great writer. He's a great producer and director. And, um, 
he comes to me with a script and it's an idea and then just says basically and it's just kind of like here's a script i'll you know i'll check back with you in a few months to see yeah. how it's going nice um and you know he's I've never had a time where he's like i don't like that or you should change this so it's wow. it's complete trust and it's it's something that doesn't come along very often with client work yeah and i wouldn't even i wouldn't even consider this client work per se but it's it's you know it's it's, it's been a lot of fun um, i i do I would love to just continue working with him. Yeah. I think I think his projects by far have brought me some of the most joy I've had working on projects. Yeah, so. that's awesome. What what about it uh, makes it that way? Um, just it's going back to it's something that I'm passionate about. Mm. So it's obviously something I deeply care about, um, and you know, just the creative freedom you have and the openness and the, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, know. No, that's, that's <laughs> it's great. hard to explain. It's just, it's, it's fun. So looking forward, looking to the future, what's next for Phil Borst? Well, I'm working on a few big, big projects right now. Another, you know, just, it seems to be the way my work has been going lately is just take on these five to six minute videos and they just take forever to produce. But, yeah. um, I, I do enjoy working on them. Um, so yeah, so I'm working on a couple big projects this year, and um, just really enjoying working at Spreadshirt. So I, you know, I just would love to continue working here. And um, it's hard to say what the future is, but yeah, definitely. Do you see yourself kind of heading more towards more that that type of narrative work? Kind of what type of work do you do you want to work on most moving forward? Oh man, I don't stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do enjoy working on the the narrative work, like you said, and the um, the, the long form projects where you it's a five minute video and you're you know you're spending you know five or six months working on this one video. I really is you know I, I like doing that, um, but I I don't know I don't know I, I don't know I'm all, <laughs> I, I do like throwing in a couple small videos here and there. So yeah, I honestly I, I just love what I'm doing right now. So that's great. I can keep it up and continue doing what I'm doing. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Well, we try to end each episode with the same few questions. Uh, the first one is who is your dream client? I think it's not so much a client as a project. It would be so cool to work on an opening title sequence. Nice. It's something that I've always done, whether it be a TV show or I don't know. I guess they still do those movies, but um, yeah. yes, that, that would be like a dream uh, yeah, I don't know what client would hire me, but that would be it'd be such a fun project. Something that I've always like, oh, that'd be so cool to do. Yeah. Next question: Your favorite animated film? Uh, I'll probably have to go Alice in Wonderland. Oh. The, you know the the original Disney yeah. animated one is I love that as a kid and just the colors and the art direction that now I, I enjoy it so much now too. Such a cool, weird, quirky <laughs> film. It's it's always I've always enjoyed watching it. All right, next one. You have four kids. What what mm-hmm. do your kids think dad does late at night on his computer working away? Well, they they know I do animation. I, I think that's just what they they think. And but I don't think they really understand <laughs> the amount of time that goes into it yet cuz they they watch, you <laughs> yeah. know, they watch Pixar movies. So when I they yeah. see something that I'm working on and it's like this little thing and they're like, "Oh, that's that's it." That's, that's that's all it is you know why isn't it longer or why doesn't it do this so they haven't quite grasped yeah. the how much time it takes but that's yeah so they funny. they enjoy you know they they set up their desk beside my desk downstairs so it's kind of cool they they oh, sit nice. there and draw and they all want to be animators too um so yeah how old so, are they? um seven five three and or one year old uh, she'll turn one in july okay wow that's quite the cool yeah and you said you said you already have some budding animators. <laughs> well, at least they they think they want to. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they also want to be veterinarians and cowboys. Yep, and, yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. who know? Who knows? I'm sure, depending upon yeah. what day of the week it is. Yeah. All right. Last question: What animal did you choose for your animalator, and why? Well, I chose uh, a turtle. <laughs> Just I thought it would be fun. Well, I don't know. There really isn't 
much meaning behind it, but I thought it'd be fun to do a turtle <laughs> walk cycle. And I feel like I've been moving slower and slower these days. And, <laughs> you know, I guess it could go into that. What I said earlier with patience, you know, take your time, you know, slow yeah. and steady wins the race, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. Yep. It, was, it was a fun one to animate though. Yeah. Well, Phil, thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, yeah, thank, this has been yeah, thanks been a so much for treat. having me. I'm just such a fan of the podcast. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Listen to every episode. So <laughs> glad, glad to be a part of it. All right, Phil. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya. Animalators is part of the Gradient Podcast Network and created in collaboration between Identity Visuals and Gradient. To learn more about the work we're doing at Identity Visuals, check out identityvisuals.com or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. And don't forget to go check out the brand new, just launched website from Gradient, gradient.is. You can also find them on Facebook or follow them on Twitter at gradient.is. That's gradient, D-O-T-I-S. And you can follow us on Twitter at Animalators. To find out more about Phil Borst and his work, head over to his Vimeo page, which is vimeo.com slash philborst, and check out all of the incredible work that Phil has done. The theme music to the show was written and produced by Cody Fry. Check out more of his work at codyfry.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, or you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play, YouTube, really anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And if you're into this podcast, we'd love for you to leave a review or drop us a note. We always love getting your feedback. And when you leave us a review on iTunes, it helps other animators find this podcast too. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to be back in a couple of weeks for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. Animalators.